When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, we are pushing through to the end of the month of June, and we are continuing our Bengals top 25 countdown going into 2023. Uh, I don't want to say we're halfway there, like John Bon Jovi said, but we're almost, almost halfway there. Uh, we're at number 18, and number 18 on our list is CTB, none other than Cam Taylor Britt, who already enters a new chapter in his very short but uh, interesting NFL career. Going to talk about his position uh, where he is on this list, why he's on this list, and uh, our thoughts on kind of where he stacks up against other guys. Welcome to another Top 25 edition of the Strictly Stripes podcast. Muhammad Ahmad, Andrew Gillis, and Mike Nislik here with you to get this Thursday going for you. And uh, I'll tell you what's been getting us going is our Bengals fan responses. Uh, keep them coming. They've been great. We read some of them earlier this week. We're going to keep reading more going into next week and beyond all the way to training camp. So go to strictlystripes.com, fill out the form that says why you're a Bengals fan. And if it's easier, email us at stripes at cleveland.com with your awesome response. And uh, yeah, I say awesome because they've all been great. So make sure you do that. So I'm just kind of pulling up what you guys had. Uh, Mike and Andrew, you're all's rankings on Cam Taylor Britt. I see, Mike, you had him at 17. Andrew, you had him a little higher at 16. And I had him at 19. So I guess naturally 18 is the aggregated position for all of us. Uh, Mike, Mike, I'll start with you. Obviously, you had Cam Taylor-Britt a little bit higher at 17. Can you talk about why you think maybe there's a, a good reason for him to be a little bit higher than he is at number 18? Well, yeah, I think that the Bengals hope that he's going to be a foundational player uh, for them. You know, you saw what he did um, last year with, you know, no really lead up to the season. I mean, he's missed two months, uh, missed, you know, the preseason uh, with an abdominal injury um, and, you know, got better uh, steadily, I thought, and played his best football in the postseason, um, has all the confidence in the world, which I think is it was really impressive for a young player, um, you know, to step in in those high pressure uh, situations, um, you know, it wasn't perfect, um, but I think you saw, you know, um, a lot of promise. And I think, you know, that's what you have to do in the situation they're in with the salary cap. You have to hit those picks after the first round. And, and um, Cam Taylor Pritt certainly looks like, um, you know, they've gotten encouraging signs. All right. Now I want to bounce over to you, Andrew, because like I said, you had him um, a little bit differently. I want you want to talk about that and kind of why you had uh, Cam Taylor Britt over at the numbers pulling it up here, the number 16 spot. 
Yeah, you know, I I just, you know, when I when I think about Cam Taylor Britt and kind of what what his year could be, I mean, you know, the the overall rankings, I said, you know, not to spoil uh some of the rankings that we're going to release here in the next couple of days, but you know, there's a guy on the list who, you know, uh, ahead of Cam who going into 2023, I, I just, you know, I super don't feel great about um on the offensive side of the ball. I'm just I think with with Cam, you know, looking back at his his rookie year, um, you know, it was a year that, you know, was definitely kind of trial by fire. Uh, but I actually think that's going to help him. You know, I mean, early in the year he was hurt, comes back and he immediately has to play Lamar Jackson on the scout team uh, for a week and going into that Ravens game in October. Then he comes back, uh, you know, two weeks later, gets to play in the Falcons game towards the uh, towards the end of the second half. And then a week later, Cheeto tears his ACL and Cam Taylor Burrett's a full-time starter. So, you know, early on there were some, you know, there were some, I think growing pains would be the best phrase for that. You know, Lou Anarumo made the comment about him kind of making the, uh, you know, the diving play where he tried to jump the route against uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones in Cleveland. Um, you know, th- there, there were just kind of moments like that where Cam Taylor Britt was trying to find himself, I think, um, you know, but you saw him slowly get better over the course of the year. I actually thought he was playing some, you know, some pretty good football towards the end of the year. So I think that's going to help him now kind of having that experience going into year two. And, you know, I, I think that, you know, I made the case today in our, in our morning briefing that I think if there was a player that you had to pick who was not in the top 10, going into the 2023 rankings that will be going into the 2024 rankings. I think Cam Taylor Britt probably fits the persona better than anyone just because I think he's got kind of the highest upside of, of anyone on this group. I think if Cam Taylor Britt plays well in 2024 and, and kind of keeps ascending, uh, you're going to feel really, really good about having another number one corner. And, you know, maybe if Cheeto leaves, you're, you're not going to feel that blow too much. Yeah, I think, you know, those are all good points. I definitely agree with most, if not all of that. I mean, for me, kind of talking about why I had him at uh, number 19, which I know is lower than what you guys had and lower than where we have him at number 18. I think for me, you know, and maybe this is a little bit unfair to him in some ways, but like you mentioned, like he had the ab injury, the abdominal injury, um, and, you know, he missed like basically the first, I guess, six or seven weeks of the season. And, you know, what lucky timing, right? The minute he comes back or just not long after, he replaces Cheeto Awuzie. Um, I think maybe if he wasn't hurt and maybe if he played a, f- a few more rotational snaps, like kind of like he did for Eli Apple against Atlanta, if he got like more of those snaps earlier in the year when he wasn't hurt, maybe I would have pretty much had him either at like 16 or 17 like you guys had him at. I just think maybe there wasn't as much I, I didn't see from him that maybe had me a little bit hesitant to rank him higher. But I mean, you look at what he did from that point on replacing Cheeto, you know, from that first mistake, Lou Anarumo made, he made in front of Lou Anarumo where he told him, you know, don't do that again, which is still funny to me. Um, Cause that's classic Lou, you know, from there he, he got better. Um, and, you know, to play the role he did against like, you know, teams like the chiefs twice, the bills, um, and, you know, other tough guys he's going to have to face next year, you know, with Mahomes and Allen, Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. Uh, I think, yeah, you got to give him credit. And that's why he's on this list. That's why he's in a pretty good spot on this list. And, you know, they're going to really need that next year because obviously Eli Apple is gone. Um, that ship is pretty much sailed. He's not coming back to Cincinnati. So it's going to be him and Chidobia Wuzier. And so, I mean, I'm not going to say, oh, they're going to test Camp Taylor Bray even more because, I mean, corner is going to be a corner like he's going to deal with the same stuff he dealt with last year but you know he's going to have to build off of that he's going to build off everything he learned 
And like you said, Andrew, I really think he has a chance to have a breakout year. But my question to you, Andrew, is how big of a breakout year do you think Cam Taylor Britt can have if he stays healthy and, you know, keeps building off of what he did? Well, I, you know, I don't know. You know, it, defense is so hard to kind of, you know, quantify because, you know, the best the best defenders, you know, don't have the ball come their way a lot, right? You know, you know, if teams feel that, you know, Cam Taylor Britt is the side of the field that they that they can't throw to, um, you know, it's it's going to be hard to say like, oh, well, Cam only had one interception or Cam had five interceptions. You know, it's it, it's difficult in that regard just because they're, you know, if teams actively avoid you, I mean, that's a good thing. It means you're doing your job, you know, but it also means you're going to stay off the stat sheet and you're kind of going to stay out of the, uh, the spotlight for a little bit. So, you know, it, it's hard to say, um, you know, what what a what a great year for Cam Tillibritt would look like, I think. Um, you know, there is kind of an element of that, you know, the, if, if you don't hear his name a lot, um, you know, that, that would be a good thing. Um, you know, it's a little bit like a long snapper in that regard, but, you know, I also think that, um, you know, if, if you can see him start to make the plays, you know, he made a play, uh, you know, uh, in the divisional round against Gabriel Davis, where, you know, there oh, was yeah. a deep ball that, that Davis beat him on actually, and, and, you know, Cam, uh, Cam has the closing speed to, to make that up. You know, he's a freak athlete. So if you can do those kind of things, if you can make those kind of plays, you know, and, and, and otherwise flash, I think, you know, that's going to be the next step for him in, in kind of using that athleticism to, to turn a game, you know, you know, we talked about the defensive line, you know, Hey, look, at some point you have to force sacks. Well, I mean, at some point in the secondary, you do kind of have to force plays like that. You have to make a really, really nice, uh, you know, you have to jump a route, you have to, um, you know, you have to make an interception. So, you know, you've got to see an uptick in those plays. But again, there is also kind of that that knowledge of, hey, look, if you don't hear his name a lot, that's that could also be a good thing, too. So to that point, actually, since you mentioned the Buffalo game and that play he had on third down against Gabe Davis. So Camp Taylor Britt's coverage in that game was the best he's had all year. At least, you know, PFF would say it was because he had an 85.3 coverage grade. And a week later, uh, against Kansas City, I guess he would have gone against uh, Mark Valdez scant Well, no, I think that was their slot guy. He would have gone against Juju Smith-Schuster, I think. And against him, he had a 76.6 grade. So you go against guys like that, and I know Juju's Juju. But, like, to do that as a rookie in the AFC Championship game, I mean, you can't look at him and say, oh, that game was on him. Like, that, he did his part. He did it when the stakes were the highest which I think that that's a good confidence booster to end your season. I mean, you look at his games against Tennessee, against Kansas City. Like, I was going to say, the, do you guys remember that play against Tennessee with Derrick Henry, where Derrick Henry was basically, like, pretty much beating everybody on the Bengals' defense, and Cam Taylor-Britt, just at the very last second, um, hits the ball out of his hands, and then, you know, obviously, Traylon Brooks recovers it for a touchdown. But I don't know about you guys, that was my favorite Cam Taylor-Britt play of the year. Was that your all's favorite play of the year? I just remembered that. I mean, it was a really good hustle play. I remember that. Um, I mean, th- those are the kind of plays that uh, I mean that you you kind of need to make in in the course of an NFL season. So, I mean, that's up there for sure. But the like I said, the the one that I remember, I don't know if this is even you know the top play of the year for him, but the one I remember was that Gabe Davis play. Yeah, Mike, where does the the Derrick Henry forced fumble rank for you compared to like the Gabe Davis play? I mean, it's certainly one of those hustle plays that stands out. I mean, the coaches certainly appreciate that. Um, you know, I, I think it was, uh, you know, showcased his athleticism that, you know, he caught up and, you know, he just, um, 
you know, hustle really. It was what that kind of defined, you know, for me. Um, you know, I'm not sure what his best play of the season was. I just thought he was in the second half um, pretty steady. And for a rookie, um, you know, when you're not calling his name, uh, that's probably a good thing, um, you know, that you're not calling out, you know, too many mistakes and things like that. He doesn't have to, you know, single-handedly win the game either. I mean, they've got an offense that could do that. He's just got to do his job. And I think he did. And I think that's what the coaches appreciated. So here's a bold question I want to ask you guys. And maybe th- this is a pretty extreme question, but I just, I don't know. I really think there might be an interesting thing to talk about here. Can Cam Taylor Britt be a Pro Bowl corner next year? I think that's maybe too probably setting it too high just because it's um you know so few uh you know it, it, I I just think that competition he'd face would be too stiff I, I I don't think that that's probably possible yet. Yeah, I mean, I think so too. But I only ask because like you just look at how much better he's gotten, and it makes you wonder like. Where can he go from here? And I think if not next year, the year after or, you know, however long it takes him, like, you know, in the kind of the first few years of his career, I think on his first contract, at least he, he can definitely make a Pro Bowl, um, you know, and I mean, like imagining a backfield or like a, a corner coverage with him and DJ Turner, assuming Chidobi Awuzie doesn't come back after next year because he's in a contract year. You know, you got what, two second round picks who were like almost picked exactly in the same spot of the second round, like. Two second round corners, like playing like dogs. I mean that that's a steal, in my opinion, if you're like Duke Tobin and uh the Bengals front office. But to kind of go back to the list, because obviously we have him at 18, and, and to refresh everyone else, uh, as far as like where we had everyone else on the list, we had Jonah Williams at 19, uh Nick Scott at 20, BJ Hill at 21, Irv Smith Jr. at 22, Dax Hill at 23, Miles Murphy at 24, and Lyle Collins at 25. I mean, when now now that we kind of know like that back half of the top 25, like you, do, are there any of those names where you look at it and say, dang, like they should be ranked higher than Cam Taylor Britt. Or is it fair to say that Cam Taylor Britt deserves to be over all those other guys? Like, like the names I just mentioned. Yeah, I, I think so. I think he should be, I, you know, I made, you know, the allusion to it, um, you know, earlier. I, I, I mean, I don't think it's a secret that, you know, Joe Mixon still, still left to go. Um, you know, I, I think Cam should be above him. I think that there actually is a case to be to be made that that Cam should be above Evan McPherson. I, I, I you know, had those guys back to back on my rankings. Um, you know, I, I think you could you could kind of make a, a strong case that, you know, he, he can be up a couple of more slots even. So, yeah, you know, I with Cam, I, I, I think, you know, you are doing a little bit of projecting, but but that's what we're doing. Um, you know, where it's with Jonah, you're, it's, it's a little bit of the same thing where, okay, you, you, with Jonah Williams, he didn't have a great 2022, just, you know, he was injured. Now he's going to have to move over to, from the left to the right side. But if you, if you feel strongly that he can do that well, um, you know, then, then you're probably feeling pretty decent about that. But, you know, with Cam, you're not really basing it off of past success, because if you were, then, you know, okay, I feel okay with Joe Mixon ahead of Cam Taylor Britt, but we're basing this off of what the team is going to be in 2023. And, you know, Cam Taylor Britt to me is, is a player who, who really could ascend going into this year. So yeah, I, I think you could move him up a couple slots. Even I, I feel good about kind of where that some of the names that you listed there. What about you, Mike? Do you, do you still feel pretty good about that as well? Or are you kind of looking at that and having some second thoughts? No, I've, I, he was one slot 
uh, below where I had him personally. So, I mean, that's right, kind of where I thought he would be. Um, you know, for a first-year player, that's still pretty good. Yeah, no, I think so too. I do wonder, though, so th this is interesting. I know we talked about, like, Dax Hill versus Miles Murphy when we talked about both of them on the podcast uh, last week. But I wonder, though, how much of a case is there for, like, Cam Taylor Britt versus Dax Hill because – I don't know. I mean, we saw more from Cam, like obviously, and that's why he's as high as he is on this list. We didn't see as much from Dax because he was still a backup, you know, to Jesse Bates and other than, you know, special teams coverage and, you know, slot corner coverage, you know, whenever they had injuries to Jalen Davis and uh, Mike Hilton, we didn't really see much from Dax Hill, but I still wonder though, just based on the potential you have for Dax Hill and based on what we've already known and seen from Cam Taylor Britt, if there actually is a debate to be had of like, can you make an argument that Dax Hill should be higher than Cam Taylor Britt? Now, putting Dax Hill at like 17, 18, 19, I, I do feel like that's pretty crazy because of the guys you have like BJ Hill and Jonah Williams that are up there. Like, I don't know if I put him above them, but if we're just talking exclusively those two guys, do you still lean towards Cam Taylor Britt? And I guess, do you do you just lean that way because of what we've already seen from Cam Taylor Britt that we haven't seen from Dax Hill yet? Well, I think that... I, yeah, ahead. I mean, I lean. I mean, I'd all in on Cam Taylor Britt I mean, versus Dax Hill. I mean, we know what Cam Taylor Britt's capable of. He improved as the year went on. He was a starter. I don't think there's any sort of question I, in my mind. I, I mean, yeah, but I say that because, like, I don't know how closely you watched the Combine last year, but, like, when I saw Dax Hill in the Combine, this, this is even before the Bengals drafted him. I actually was kind of watching him a little bit. Um, not as closely as I watched the Combine this year, but his name kind of stood out because he was pretty much, like, one of the best safeties in the draft. I don't know, man. I mean, his athleticism, I mean, we, we saw it as a slot corner, but I'm interested to see, like, how does that translate as a safety versus – Again, not a knock on Cam Taylor Britt, but versus what we've already seen and what we will see from Cam Taylor Britt. Just because, like I said, I mean, maybe next year when we're making like our top 25 Bengals for 2024, I think that'll be the better debate then because like we'll see more from Dax Hill and we'll see a heck of a lot more from Cam Taylor Britt. So maybe, yeah, it's probably not the right question to ask now, but I do think it's a question uh, to ask going into next year. Like, I think that's a good way to look at it. Maybe that was the better way to put it. Uh, but stay with us. We're going to come back, take a quick break, uh, and wrap up our discussion on Cam Taylor Britt and uh, other players that we've talked about on our uh, top 25 Bengals list when we return right here on the Strictly Stripes podcast. All right. Thanks for staying with us on the Strictly Stripes podcast. I uh, got a few minutes left here uh, before we wrap up, but uh, we talked about Cam Taylor Britt uh, being number 18 on our list. And we, we talked about, you know, is he in the right spot? Do you have any second guesses, you know, or second thoughts after, you know, looking at uh, everybody else on our list so far? But I guess just just generally speaking, I know we talked a lot about Cam Taylor Britt. But now that we've sort of done, like, what, 18 through 25 at this point, I mean, how, how do you all feel about the list so far? Just generally speaking, not, not just specifically, you know, Cam Taylor Britt or Nick Scott, or maybe it, it is either of those guys. I don't know. But for you guys, like, what do you think of this, this list so far as it's unfolded? And how do you feel about it without giving anything away? How do you guys kind of feel about it, like, unfolding as we get through the next 17 names? Um, You know, I think it just shows that the, the Bengals have – uh, you know, pretty good talent, right? I mean, I think some of these teams would love to have a, you know, BJ Hill and Mike Hilton that low, uh, Cam Taylor Britt the same way. Um, 
in terms of the way the list is structured, you know, it's similar to how I voted. I don't think that there's, um, I think so far it's only been like one or two spots that people are off from my, my own list. So, um, yeah, I mean, uh, I think it's a, it's a good list. Yeah. Is it a good list, Andrew, or is it not? Plot twist. Just kidding. But what, how is it though, Andrew? The whole list, or are you talking? Or just up to this point. Just up to this point. You know, eighteen through twenty five. Up to this point is fine. I'm, um, you know, I'm gonna have some qualms, um, with something that we do here soon. But, um, <laughs> I'm so excited for that one. <laughs> yeah, I, um, you know, I, I, I look at this list and and I'm okay with it. You know, I think, you know, I'm not gonna. You know, get all huffy puffy that, you know, I have Logan Wilson 10th and you have him, you know, or I have him ninth, and you have him, you know, what would that be? 11th. Um, you know, so, you know, there's there there's just kind of a reasonable argument to be made for for a handful of number of these guys. So um, I think it's fair. I think that there's, um, you know, for the for the most part, I think we've all kind of been on the same page. That's I think what you just said there, Andrew, that's kind of what sticks out to me, because like. We just talked about Cam Taylor, but like I had him at 19, you had him at 16, Mike had him at 17, and like Dax Hill, like Mike had him at 24, I had him at 23, you had him at 23. I mean, other than maybe, I think it was BJ Hill who maybe had the most kind of like, who had the most distance between like our respective picks. Cause like I know Mike had him at 19, I had him at 22, you had him at 20. There was some drop off there. Or no, I guess the other one too was like Irv Smith. Like I had him at 17. And you both had him at 22. So other than like those guys, we've been pretty much on the same page. And honestly, even like with Irv Smith Jr., 17 to 22 is not that big of a gap. Now, if it was like 22 to, I don't know, like 11, then yeah, that's pretty crazy. Like that's half a difference from what you guys have. But I think that that's the good thing is, you know, we all sort of see things on the same page, which means we, we really, we all kind of see the same things for the most part from those guys. I think, you know, and what Mike said, too, about this being a good list, like, this is not a knock on Lyle Collins, but, like, the fact that you have a guy who is probably going to be on the pup list to start the season, probably won't even be ready for training camp, and the fact that, like, he made this list, and, and granted, a lot of it is based on how he did last year, but, like, even last year, he missed the last couple games and the playoffs, he didn't really play all that well the first, like, what, three, four games of the year, and he still played well enough, you know, to make the top 25 even if it's at the bare bottom and then miles murphy like you know he's not even going to be a starter next year and we don't know how long he's going to play or or how many snaps he's going to play next year but like he's on the list and dax hill has not even played a starting safety he's on the list and then the the only true starter you get to at that point after that is basically dj hill and irv smith jr and irv smith jr is not even a full-time bengal yet like he hasn't played as a bengal so you got what a rookie, an injured guy, someone who's never played at his position, and someone who's never played as a Bengal in like your bottom five of the top twenty-five. I think that really is a good precursor for what we're going to get into from seventeen all the way down to one. And I think that's where the interesting discussion is going to come. But I just want to draw thoughts on that because you know we've we've talked about enough guys where I feel like it's good to kind of like look back and reflect and say, okay. Now that we've sort of listed these guys out, here's how I feel about it. Here's how I think it could have been. 
So I do appreciate your all's take on that. Uh, stay with us tomorrow. We are going to talk about, I mean, we pretty much know who he is. We are going to talk about number 17 on the list, and that is Joe Mixon, who I think Andrew hinted at like probably three times on this podcast. Um, but again, he is, in, in terms of his position on the list, there is a lot of polarization. So we'll definitely talk about that. But once again, for myself, Andrew, and Mike, I'm Muhammad Ahmad. And we'll wrap up the week with you on Friday.